0: All right. Welcome to the Biblos Network. We are glad that you have come to talk about the great things of God. The writer said, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. So the reasoning together has to do with dealing with sin dealing with transgression, dealing with the blood of the lamb. And it says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I don't just want to be willing and forced. I want to be willing and obedient. I want to obey from my heart, from my spirit. So let's reason together. Let's talk together. Let's explore the great things of God. We're glad that you have come to join us today. I trust you're doing well where you are. Welcome to the new studio, guys. We have worked hard, and in specific, our staff has worked very hard, and Brother Spencer Jordan has worked very hard to help put together this studio. Great job, great, great job. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here with you again, and we're going to be talking this week with several people That are joining us at East Coast Conference. Speaking of which, if you are anywhere in the region, anywhere, you don't even have to be in the region. You can get on a plane and fly here. But the um, East Coast Conference is happening this week, October 25th, 26th, and 27th. That is tonight, tomorrow night, and Thursday night. And um, this will actually be published on Thursday And we have many more episodes that are coming. We have great speakers coming in. We're gonna be talking to them here in the Biblo studio and we'll be bringing that content to you. But we want you to join us here at East Coast Conference. Come and bring your family, bring your loved ones. You'll have a great time of worship and edification and you you will grow, it will help you. We're all going to grow together by the grace of God. Today, my thoughts began to meander they begin to wind their way down from Mount Hermon down to the Jordan River into the Sea of Galilee in my spirit that's worth taking 3 minutes in describing what I mean when I say that the topography of Israel is like our hearts it's like our lives. It flows from the top down. Israel's amazing. And you can look this up. This is, this is so, such a cool feature of Israel. that um, It's one of the few places in the world where the waters that water the land do not come from beneath. They come from above. The Jordan River, the Sea of Galilee, and even the Dead Sea at the very end of things, it is watered from the mountains. It comes from snowfall. It comes from precipitation. It is not largely watered by aquifer-fed springs. It's not mostly spring-fed. It is mostly, almost exclusively mountain-fed. So literally, they get it from heaven. That's another session for another day. But I want to get what I am feeling in God and what I am drawing from his presence. I want to get that from heaven, not from beneath. I want it to flow down into my heart, into my spirit. I want it to become a river. I want it to become a sea. I want it to turn everything green in my life. (laughs) So I can talk about that all day long. It's not what I want to talk about, though, Um, in the biggest part of this session. I wanted to share with you what I was thinking in prayer this morning. I was was reflecting on the fact that we live in such a chaotic world right now. There's so much noise in the world. Noise, ranging from... the sound of traffic to airplanes they say it's stressing wildlife there's noise pollution there's light pollution the more the artificial world of man-made constructs encroaches on the world of creation the harder it is to hold things together there's actually places where at certain times of season when hatchlings turtle hatchlings come out of the sand, there are people that dedicate their weeks to going and making sure that they make their way to the ocean rather than be pulled towards the city, towards the false artificial lights. So whether it's noise pollution or whether it's light pollution, we just live in a an increasingly chaotic, loud world. Decibels. You know, people are going deaf. They've got their ear pods in. They've got their ear pods in. They've they've got it cranked up. Man, if you're a teenager and you're growing up today, I feel sorry for you because you don't realize when you put those ear pods in your ear and you crank that volume up, you are doing irreparable damage to your ears. The human body wasn't made for that kind of noise, that relentless noise. We are hyperstimulated overstimulated addicted to electronics and so that brings me to my topic today i want to talk to you about the power of the pause the power of the pause p a u s e there's power in the pause i'm going to read a portion of scripture to you you will find it You'll find it all over the book of Psalms, but it's this kind of a funny looking word that people skip past. They should not skip past it. It means something. There's a reason it's in the Bible. And let's read it. Psalms chapter three, a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? This is Psalms three and one. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And here's the word, sila. Sila, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. And here it is again, sila. Over and over, I laid me down and slept. You've got to be able to find peace and find sleep. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Three Selahs. What are these Selahs? They literally are musical notations. They are rests. Let me try to articulate this. Um, if you've ever seen sheet music, if you've ever seen musical notation, they have quarter notes, they have half notes, they have whole notes, and there's a there's a clef, there's a treble clef, there's a bass clef, there's um, the notes that go up and down the scale. Most people are familiar with the notes, they pay attention to the notes, but in interspersed, and woven through those notes are are rests. They're not notes. They're rests. But they are as part of that notation. They are as part as a part of that notation as the notes themselves are. So it's not just the note that's being sounded. It is the absence of sound that also impacts you. It is the fact that there is not a sound that matters. If music was all just one cacophony, that's a big fancy word. Uh, caco means discordant and phony means sound. Phone. Um, it would be a, a cacophony versus a symphony. Sim meaning together, and phony coming from the again the word phone or sound. Together sound versus a bad sound. <laughs> and and you can't just run sounds together, run notes together, just run them over the top of each other like note after note after note after note after note. I find that is true of young preachers and many times new, new teachers, people who are teaching Bible studies or people who are new to the pulpit. And it was, like, it was that way when I was young. I, it took me a while to figure this out that there's a reason those pauses are there. I, I can remember the first time I preached and, and this is what I mean. Young preachers will wrestle with this. They will get up and they will just run as fast as they can through what they have to say. God's a healer. God's great. God's a deliverer. He wants to help you. And the Bible says, and and David did this and Daniel did that and the apostle Peter did this. And that's why we should do this. And I can remember one time when I was young and I can remember this happening and God delivered me You know, and they, they'll run through it. In five minutes, <laughs> and they don't take the time to allow their words to organically flow to effectively communicate. I remember one of the first times I preached, it took me a long time to really learn how to preach. And I don't claim to know everything about preaching or be some kind of big preacher, but I have learned one or two things. I remember thinking, man, I'm going to be able to talk about this for at least an hour. This is so inspirational. I'm so excited about this. And I said it all in 3 minutes. <laughs> 3. 3 minutes. I was done and I remember looking down and going, "Now what am I going to talk about? These people are all watching me and I I have nothing else left to say." I was nervous. My my, my mouth was running in front of my mind, and I did what so many young expositors, preachers, teachers do, and you can do this in a one-on-one Bible study with a person, there is power in the pause. You can take your time and allow the absence of noise to impact just as much as the note or the sound itself. The Bible says that a fool is known by the multitude of his words. I don't want to just be gabbing and talking and filling the air with noise. Some people get very uncomfortable with silence. I am actually comfortable with silence. I enjoy silence. I might even say I prefer silence. Much to the chagrin of some of my friends. My wife will get, she'll get on to me sometimes. She'll say, I'm ready to talk. And I'm more of a listener. I'm more of a thinker. I'm actually a little bit socially awkward. Like I can talk on Biblos like this right now. And when I'm talking about something that I'm very interested in, I'm animated. But if you ever sit down and talk with me, sometimes it gets awkward because I am... I'll say what I have to say, and then I'm very comfortable with silence. And I'm okay with people who are comfortable with silence. So if you're a young preacher or if you're a young teacher or a Bible study teacher of some kind, you can slow down. You can let your words carry weight, Let mean what you say and say what you mean, Let God order your thoughts and communicate effectively, communicate organically. I try very hard to do that. I don't always succeed. I I try. I find that good communicators, they will do that. They will take the time to effectively communicate, not just run their words over the top of each other, not one big, long sound. And, and probably the times where I'm most frustrated with myself is when I feel like I just run through a topic rather than giving it the attention it deserves, dealing with it with its, with its proper merit, giving it its proper merit and due. So take the time. Not only can you talk, not only, not only can you say something, but you can emphasize something by Pausing, letting it sink in, letting, letting it affect the person, let it, let the words hit them, let it um, affect them, let them chew on it, let it sink into their awareness. Give them time to talk. Sometimes people are just interested in the sound of their own voice. I've talked with people sometimes and we'll be talking and then I'll realize we're actually not talking. They are talking and they're just waiting on me to be quiet so they can keep talking about what they want to talk about. And when I find that to be true, I just let them talk. I realize this is not a dialogue. This is a monologue and I am part of the audience to their greatness. (laughs) So instead of uh, having a conversation They're really just wanting to tell me what it is they have on their mind. I'm much more willing to have a monologue from someone who has corn in the crib, someone who has experience, someone who has wisdom and counsel. Too often, the people who have the least to say, say the most. And oftentimes, the mark of a wise man, a wise woman, is that they have little to say unless there's someone there capable of receiving it. And whether they feel it will benefit them. So we don't cast our pearls before swine. We don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Lest they turn on you and rend you. And there are certain people in my life that when they come, I know they're just going to run their mouth a a thousand miles an hour. They're going to talk a thousand miles an hour. and, And sometimes that's great. That's just how they communicate. Other people, they're going to measure their words. They're going to. They're going to speak with precision and clarity. And it's people like that, I will strain to hear what they're saying because there is great power in what they're saying. It's not just filling the air with words. It's They are affecting their world. They are affecting the environment around them. There's such power in the spoken word. It was the word that created the cosmos. It was the wor- word that began the Genesis creative order from Genesis one. So words have power and I don't have to undermine them by, by failing to utilize them properly. So in your speech, in my speech, there is a power in pausing. I can remember one time I was dealing with a, uh, a great, great man. We were, uh, we were going out of town on vacation, and I, I promised my wife and my boys that I would go to Branson, Missouri with them. I would spend time with them, and we did. We we, we had preached a conference, several conferences. We had been burning the candle at both ends. We were traveling a lot, preaching a lot, and, and when you're like that, you're you're with people all day, all night. You're seeing hundreds and thousands of people in a week, and sometimes you just want to get away and just relax and Just be with your family and the people that you love. And so I promised them I would go to Branson, Missouri. And before I went, this was before I was pastoring uh, here in Durham. It was even before South Haven. I was on the evangelistic field traveling every week. So I didn't have much time off. And I promised my wife I was going to take that week off. And I wasn't going to let anybody talk me into getting involved in anything. I was going to give it totally to my family. I said, okay, that sounds good, sweetheart. Well, I went and preached on a Sunday and she said, now, sometimes when you go preach places, they want you to stay and preach the midweek. So remember your family. Okay. I said, yep, I got it. going to remember the family. And so I get there and I love this preacher. He has a voice in my life. He's one of the greatest men I've ever met. And we got done with Sunday morning and Sunday night. And this great man of God looked at me and said, brother, Urshan, why don't you stay over and preach for me on Tuesday? And I was caught in this conundrum because I promised my wife that I would spend time for family vacation, yet I honor and revere this man. And there's a time you have to make a choice. And when I'm going to make a choice between ministry and my family, I am choosing my family. I have to effectively minister and help my family before I help anybody else. I can't save anybody else if I can't effectively minister to my family. And so I looked at this great man, and I said, "You know Bishop, I promised my wife that i would I would have family vacation this week, and I'm afraid I'm not able to come well if you know this man he uh he he he's a very powerful man he's a very anointed man he's an apostle and he knows how to he knows how to get his way and i wanted to i wanted to accommodate him and Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I do accommodate great men like that. I'll never forget. He just, he just looked at me. I counted the seconds off in my head. It was like one, two, three. I, I, it had to have been five, six, seven seconds. It felt like an hour, where we just looked at each other and he just let it sit heavy on my shoulders. It's like a little bead of sweat came down the corner of my my face, not really, but it felt that way. And he said, well, all right. Boy, I felt it. Man, what some people try to do through hollering or, or temper tantrums or whatever it is, they feel they need to do to get their point across. This man got more across in what he didn't say. And he was gracious and he understood, but, um. Learning the power of pausing in preaching, in teaching, in communicating. Oftentimes, it is the difference between success and failure. Pause for a moment. Think. Gather your wits. Let it sink down into the soil of your heart. Let that person continue what they're saying. Make sure you understand it. When I teach Bible studies, I learned this a long time ago. Don't monologue. Don't just talk at a person when you're teaching them. Be self-aware enough to know when you're talking too much. Here's a, something I learned. I learned this years ago in teaching. You know, people want to know that you have a genuine relationship with them, that you're not just there to force feed a Bible to them. Here, let me talk for 45 minutes, and you listen, and, and you're going to get saved whether you like it or not. <laughs> that doesn't work. There has to be a genuine back and forth between a person. You know, Jesus would teach, and he would ask a question. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And he would allow them to speak. There was a back and forth, a give and take. And I found that I was monologuing in my Bible studies, and people would just, their eyes would glaze over, they would get bored, they would look off in the distance, and I was losing them. And I couldn't figure out why I was losing Bible studies. It's because it wasn't an organic interaction, it was just me talking. And so I learned when I taught, I would, if I was going to tell them the story of Noah, I would oftentimes say, now you tell me the story of Noah. What do you know about Noah? Well, many times they're uncomfortable. They, they, they're they very aware. They don't know what the Bible says. They don't want to seem silly. And they'll go, oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know anything about the Bible. I, I kind of know there was a boat. And I'll encourage them. Yeah, go go on. Tell me. What do you think? And wait. Let them Talk, they have thoughts, they have impressions, they have feelings, and those are valuable feelings. They have validity. Learn the power of sila. The verses that we just read, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul there is no help for him in God. Sila. Stop. Think of that. Think upon that. Don't rush to the next verse. Let that gain purchase inside of you. If you will take the time to study that way, talk that way, communicate with people that way, you'll find that it is a communication, a communing, co-meaning. There's more than one party here. It's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. There's a a co-nature to this. It's communication. It's between two parties, two or more parties. And take the time to listen. Take the time to hear. I, many times I have talked to my Trinitarian friends. And if you're Trinitarian and you're listening to this, God bless your heart. I am aware that you have a perspective. And many times talking to my friends, I find out we're way closer than we realize. One of the big things that Trinitarians are trying to say is they're trying to emphasize the distinction between the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they uh, erroneously believe that we don't believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They think we only believe in Jesus. That's not true. We know the distinction between the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We preach that there is a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Bible says that there's a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We just know that the word persons denotes separate centers of consciousness. It draws the line between the essential oneness too starkly. We know full well that there are those three administrations. We know that there's a difference between the man Christ Jesus and the eternal spirit of God. There is a distinction. We, we make that distinction very clearly. But a lot of times, whether they use the word persons or whether they use the word manifestation. That's the difference between our language. They're trying to say much of the same thing. And you can go round and round the mulberry bush. And if you'll take the time to hear them. You know, many times I'll just tell them. You know we just don't use the word persons. We don't use the word trinity. Because those are not Bible words. The Bible does talk about the person of Jesus Christ. But it never says persons. It never says trinity. It never says co-equal, co-eternal. Essential, And I'll ask him a question. I'll say, well, how many thrones do you think there'll be in heaven? And if they, if they say there's going to be one throne in heaven, we are way closer than perhaps you might imagine. And maybe the wording is getting in the way. Take the time to listen, take the time to hear. In the midst of a lot of activity, in the midst of a lot of conflict, it almost seems like, you know, when you fight your way through traffic and horns are blaring and sirens are wailing, there's road rage, people are jostling and running and hustling and bustling, and you can forget your fellow man. You can forget to just step out onto the porch at night and appreciate the sounds of the night appreciate the, the beauty of a, of a sunrise or perhaps a sunset. One of my favorite things to do is to leave the bustle of the city and to go into the country, to go into the woods. I love to sit down among the trees and, and listen. I like to hear the wind whisper through the branches. And the poet in me starts to come out. <laughs> I like to hear the wildlife play. And the leaves and the birds to flit from branches to branches and just get away from it. I can feel my blood pressure come down. I can feel a sense of timelessness, a sense of eternity, a sense of patience wash over me. And I realize that this moment, this moment of silence, this sila moment is necessary. It's why God puts a Sabbath day in place from the beginning. It's why the Holy Ghost then becomes that Sabbath day. We enter into our rest. And listen, with all of your New Testament knowledge, do not forget God wanted us to take a day of rest to honor him, to meditate upon him, and to cease from our labors, letting us know it's not about your power and your might, but it is about his spirit and where he does the work. The salvific, redemptive work of Calvary is a sovereign work of God, and we do not have the ability to work our way to heaven So pause when you're speaking, when you're preaching, pause. I'm not saying pause so long it gets weird, it gets awkward. I'm just saying pause long enough to get your point across. Pause to emphasize, pause to allow it to sink in. Somebody came to me the other day, they said, they said, you know what, Brother Urshan, I love the Biblical Network. I said, thank you. That is such an encouragement to me. I hope it's a blessing. They said, oh, yes, I put it on every night to go to sleep. <laughs> they said, and I just drift off and I go to sleep. And I, was, I thought to myself, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Here, I thought this was profound and stimulating and digging into the great and the deep things of God. I am so happy I can be a sedative for you. <laughs> Well, maybe I could be a blessing. I will tell you, all kidding aside, people have trouble sleeping in our world. We're so stressed out. We're trying to make money. We're trying to meet deadlines. We're, we're so educated. Sometimes you just need to get a, a nice clear night and a porch swing and a, and a guitar or a book maybe a fireplace and sit and meditate and think think on these things dwell upon these things the bible says meditate in these things day and night some people they they can't they, they can't feel peace unless they have a radio running or a a podcast going yeah, or, or, or some kind of media playing in the background. And I'm not saying don't listen to Biblos. I want you to listen to Biblos, but, but take time to pause. Take time to reflect upon. Your children need that. You need that for your sanity. Husbands, take your wife away and pause and think and reflect and cut out the world and, and look only at her. Look only at him. Remember why you fell in love with each other. When your child comes running to you with something that might be considered trivial with your great adult mind, stop and pause and put yourself in their shoes and realize it's big to them and you're not going to have those moments forever. Sometimes you need to allow yourself to sit down with your mom and your dad as they get older. Pause in your busy schedule, pause in your making money, pause in your educational pursuit and sit down with your parents, even if you've heard that story 5,000 times. Because the day will come when you won't hear it anymore and you'll wish you'd taken the time the pause, stop, sila, in the notation, in the composition of your life, in the symphony of life, learn the power of the pause. Take a moment, let the sounds of this world, this false world of modernity, let it, let it wash away, leave it, go to the country, Find a, a remote location, pray, talk to God, cut out the competing voices that compete for your attention and your affection. This digital world, this electronic world, this seductive, secular world, and find the still small voice that Elijah found in the cave when God spoke to him. God speaks to us. The voice of God talked with Adam in the cool of the day. It's a beautiful thing. When I when I'm not sure what to do, I I I will my wife knows this, I will go away into the woods, I'll go away into to a remote place and I'll sit and I'll think and I'll I'll pray, I'll clear my mind and when I come back things are much better. So take the time to do it. I pray that you can find it You'll find that life works a lot better and the symphony plays a lot better when there is a pause. So I hope that helps you today. Um, I have many, many, many things to talk to you about. We're going to be recording several sessions. Um, we're going to have preachers. We're going to have uh Special speakers here from East Coast Conference. We we will be sharing that content with you. I'm looking forward to it. You'll see that we have our Biblos mugs in new mugs. And those of you that have asked, those of you that have ordered, we have shipped out hundreds of them, and we have many more. So support the podcast, support the channel. Your giving helps us to purchase materials, it helps us to work together. And we are going to get this great gospel of Jesus Christ out to the world and celebrate the love of the word of God. That is the Biblos mission. So thank you. Thank you for your time today. Until the next time, God bless you and God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God be gracious unto you and give you peace.